can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Grant Smith, president of Aqualink Pools and Spas, a 24-year veteran of the swimming pool industry, passed away on November 15, 2021. Grant left behind a wife, children, and his handprint on the lives of everyone that knew him. After a five-year tour traveling the world with the Marine Corps, he started out on the service side of the swimming pool industry, where he built a service business that included weekly service accounts, residential, and commercial repairs. After four years, he moved into the renovation market. There, he caught the building bug and started doing construction of swimming pools and spas. He went on to expand his business into a swimming pool and landscape company, providing turnkey projects, and has dual licenses in the state of California. Smith had an obsession with needing everything to turn out perfect and a motto of perfect practice makes perfect. He has earned a well-deserved reputation on higher-end pool and landscape projects along Southern California's coast for providing sound building practices and excellent customer service. Passionate about applying those principles on a daily basis, I thought it fitting as a tribute to Grant to leave you with some of his words. Grant planned for leadership lessons that he was conducting for Veterans Day. Thanks to the power of artificial intelligence for voice. Listen up. These are the words of Grant Smith. Since it's Veterans Day today, I thought I would talk about leadership since it is lacking in today's society and share some leadership values that I was taught and learned in the Marine Corps. Some of these traits are trained in leadership classes and corporate settings but how many people genuinely practice them daily? If you're one of them, you're ahead of the game on employee retention and keeping your company going during trying times. Led from the front, this is a simple one. Be up first, be the last to end the day, and be on the job site to deal with the client, so your employees don't have to. It's not their responsibility to deal with issues that come up on the job site with other employees, vendors, or your client. Make sure that you can do everything you ask of your employees. Be willing to grab a shovel, hold a pumper hose, unload a truck. As a leader, you must show and be ready to do every task on the job site, no matter how nasty or menial. Do not ask others to do what you are unwilling to do yourself. Led by example, don't show up dressed worse than your employees. Be properly groomed, clean clothes and work boots, so you're ready to walk the job site. Be dressed for the job if you have uniforms, all the better. You can differentiate yourself by wearing a different item of clothing that has the company logo on it but if everyone dresses the same it fosters more of a team attitude. Don't show up on the job with Gucci loafers, either. It just will make you look like a tool. Never take anything from them, do not make bets on sports games where they could owe you money or accept anything personal that may belong to them. Do not put yourself in a position where they feel like they owe you anything. You are the leader, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Leaders eat last, this, to me, is the most important one. 
Make sure you have all your employees' needs taken care of before your own, whether it's money, time off, or the proper tools, for example. If it's a long day placing shotcrete or pouring a deck, do not run down to grab something to eat and eat it in front of them while they are still working. You should be eating last. Make sure your junior guy eats first and then work your way up the chain of command until everyone is taken care of, and then you can finally partake if there is anything left over. This simple act alone will foster more goodwill than you realize. These are just a few examples of leadership. I can proudly say I have employees that have been with me for 13 plus years. In today's labor market, showing and leading by example will keep your employees with you through thick and thin. Grant Smith's outline for his leadership lesson were provided to the Talking Pools podcast by the Ask the Masters podcast and Watershake University. When we return, Andrea and Rudy take us into the Thanksgiving weekend episode of the Talking Pools podcast. This week we have residential pool main drain regulations, a mishap with a hotel guest, and the truth about swimming pool enzymes. Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast show. I'm Andrea, and I'm here with Rudy Sankowitz, and it is Thanksgiving weekend! How cool is that? I know, 2021 has been a shitstorm of a year, especially when you're looking at product availability, things along those lines. But you know what? There are still things to be thankful for. I'm hungry. I'm going to try and do a pie. I, uh... A Facebook memory showed up from a few years ago where I actually made four different pies. I was very ambitious that year. They all came out really good, but I don't I don't really think that I can go that crazy this time. I'm just going to do like one. There's a lot of great foods on Thanksgiving. Especially that bird. Okay, obviously we're doing this the day before. It's the day after. Blah, 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 blah. We still are looking forward to having great Thanksgivings with our families. I know you guys are with yours. Hopefully you had fantastic Thanksgivings, ate a lot of food, got fat, didn't argue too much with anybody at the family. I know it's not a proper holiday unless you have some type of argument over something. Sure, the turkey costs 300 bucks because of hyperinflation. But hey, at least you still hate your family. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all the usual stuff, you know, having friends and family and good health and, you know, somewhat the things I need. There's there's always more people could want. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm I'm thankful as as far as pool pools go, as far as our topic. Me, what am I thankful for? I'm most thankful for my family, my wife Joy, my grandchildren, my children my friends, and honestly, all of you, everybody who's listening to this podcast, I really appreciate being able to do this week after week. Everybody that's checking in and listening, I mean, you guys are part of our family too. For the pool groups, it's all the magazines and everybody else doing their podcast that everybody is, you know, just the whole network of people that are willing to share and to help others. Um, That's one of my favorite things about what we do. We got a question here from one of our listeners. Her name is Amy. She's a supervisor of a pool service and repair company down in Port Charlotte, uh, Florida. Hi, Amy. Thank you for listening. She boasts that they are 10 strong. So there's a good amount of people. She listens our podcast and she says intently. Intensely? To our podcast. Uh But something bad happened. Something bad happened. 
She accidentally listened to somebody else's podcast and they got her all confused. <gasps> oh no. Well, that'll happen. She says that, uh, in this podcast, they were saying that she needs to check a bunch of things when she sends our texts out to people's houses, including door latches, screening, skimmers, strainer baskets. Uh, they want to make sure they're not cracked. They want to make sure they're not having rocks in them, holding them down. And then the big one was main drain covers. So here's what she's asking. They are a licensed contractor in the state of Florida. They happen to be in Florida. So she wants to know, do residential main drain covers need to be VGBA compliant? And can she replace them, being she's a licensed contractor? And if she requires any additional special insurance because of that. For information on commercial main drain requirements, check out episode 19 of the Talking Pools podcast from September 17, 2021, titled Five Reasons You Should Be Talking About Pool Drain Grapes, where Rudy and Andrea speak with Steve Barnes of Aquastar Pool Products about the new BGBA requirements that went into effect this year. I, I'll just tell you what I know, and I, I won't speculate into the parts that I don't know. I just don't know why. That's all. I just don't know why. I do know that if you walk up to a pool, <laughs> if you walk up to a pool that you just took on for service, all those things that were listed are, are um, specifically for commercial pools. Not that they're not good things to check on residential pools, but you can't regulate uh, someone's house. You can't go in in someone's backyard. And so... While there are the residential codes and stuff, they don't always apply. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, the commercial codes. But they should. They should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. And I, like I just said, I'm not saying it's not a good idea to check all those things and to recommend upgrades and replacements when necessary. But if you just take on a, a new pool for service and you walk into the backyard and the, you know, the drain is, you're not required to replace it by any code that I know of. Now I could You be can't wrong. shut the pool down. That's what you're saying. Here's the other thing that this I'm this, saying but I'm saying if can't get it to talk. Yes, you're right. You can't shut the like there's no shutting the pool down, there's no closing the pool. But if you are a new you know, if you build a new pool or you remodel the pool, then you're required to bring everything up to code. But as if they're not having it remodeled then this can't other tell me what this to do. other podcast these <laughs> other podcast people hosts who I'm not going to name because, you know, we don't throw anybody under the bus. Oh, you know who it was? But it's they, well, we don't throw anybody <laughs> under the bus on you, purpose. You can... So I'm not telling you. So here's the thing. But they also told her that if they see that the cover is not VGBA compliant in a residential pool in someone's backyard upon taking on this job, that they are to report them. Um, I, I feel like so when I first started, I kind of was in that same like mindset. And I kind of freaked out a couple of times when I saw people having cracked drains. And I was told by uh, my peers, by my, my business owner friends that had already owned pool companies. And one of them does repairs and is a, and uh, is a licensed contractor. I think he said, no, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to report it. You're not going to get in trouble for it. If you, you know, just make it known to the homeowner that it should be addressed and that's that's what I was told back then. So, who the f would you report it to? Well, yeah, well, that's what I said. You can't go regulate someone's <laughs> backyard. <laughs> exactly. Who are you going to report it to, Karen? The homeowners association. Karen. <laughs> I hate that. By the way, I'm sorry so, to any Karens listening. I stand with you. I do not believe that that should be used as an insult. I hate it. <laughs> I 
just said it to be funny. <laughs> I agree 100%. I'm thinking they should go with Andrea. Woo! All right. They now, be wrong. <laughs> now, here's what the code says. Now, this is, I have a copy of the residential building code here. Chapter 41, swimming pools, refers to section 4101, private swimming pools. And then we get down to uh, dot six or 41. R4101.6 engineering design, and it states specifically that conformance standard design, construction, and workmanship shall be in conformity with the requirements of ANSI slash NSPI 3, ANSI NSPI 4, ANSI NSPI 5, SPA 5. Oh, I guess, no, that's supposed to be an I. They have a typo. Never. All right. ANSI NSPI 6 and ANSI APSP7. Now, if we come down a little bit further here, hold on just a second. What book are you reading from? I am reading from the book of Rudy. I have <laughs> things everywhere. So it's just some of the, the things I accumulate along the way. Rudy um, wrote it, and therefore it is. No, no, no. Rudy didn't write this. This is actually Florida Health, not Florida Health Department code, Florida Building Department code. Uh, that pertains to backyard swimming pools. If Thank we go you, that's down what I was to asking. Four, hey, 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 4101.6.6, <laughs> entrapment protection for suction outlets shall be installed in accordance with the requirements of ANSI APSP 7. So for as long as this has been in effect, that's the code that these need to meet. And if I'm not mistaken, that is the predecessor code to the VGB 2008 or at least one of them. Yeah, I think so. So that's what they want it to meet. I do believe that this document's fairly current that I'm looking at. Uh, it's not dated, which is a shame. We're going to go with the fact that if you do a remodel or if you build a pool, it has to be in there. But as far as you being the pool police in somebody's backyard, Andrea, what do you think? I say uh, inform them of the hazards, inform them of you know the replacements that they can you know, their options as far as fixing the issues. Um, but I, I, like you said, I don't know who, who you were. Whoa. I don't know who you would report that to. No, but we can I mean, say and if this. If you feel bad about it enough, you could just drop the customer as if that were easy. But I mean, that's your other option, I would think. But we can say this. These covers are available at distribution centers, providing that we have plastic this year. <laughs> Uh, oh, and as far as, as far as as far as repairing it yourself, as long as you're licensed to do repairs, then yes, right? You could absolutely. Yeah. If you're a licensed Florida pool contractor, you should be able to replace that grate no problem. And as far as insurance, talk to your insurance company about that one. I uh, if you're going to drain the pool to do it, most people don't. They have somebody dive, in which case then you should be licensed diver, right? Because we don't want to drown in somebody's backyard. As far as insurance, if you're going to drain the pool, you should have pop-up insurance. We can tell you that, but most people don't. Most people do dive. If you are going to dive in somebody's backyard with a tank, as far as I'm concerned, you should also be licensed to do that. But your licensed contractor or your contractor's license should cover you as far as replacing that main drain. So I wouldn't have anything to worry about there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know who you'd actually report these people to. Still no ideas, right, Andrea? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, unless... Unless anybody else knows that maybe the podcast that said to report them, maybe they know who to report it to. I'm ready. Let me have the police quick. 
or one of our listeners, if you feel like letting us know who she should report this to, even if you wanted to make up something, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, make it. Seriously. Or just tell us hi. You can, just... you can ask us your own <laughs> questions. I like the questions. Yeah. As long as it's phrased as a question, we don't care what you ask us. It's really cool. No problems. Uh, as long so as that's how that goes. Well, yeah, pool-related, pool-related questions. Friday, July 15, 1994, at 4.45 a.m., the Lakeland PD 911 operator took a call from the clerk at the Scottish Inn Motel, since renamed. A Florida man attempted to have his way with one of the swimming pool inlet fittings. His penis got stuck inside the pool wall because of the suction from the pool pump. The police shut the equipment off before paramedics arrived. However, they still could not free the guest because his man member had swelled within the pool fitting. As I approached the man, I could see his pants were down to his knees and his penis was stuck in a suction hole located on the north side of the swimming pool. Read the responding officer's report. It was the quick thinking of the paramedics that moved 33-year-old Robert Schubrant's tallywhacker. Still, it would take another 40 minutes of yanking and tugging before they would free Willie from the PVC fitting. Lakeland Regional Medical Center was able to treat Chuvrant's ding-dong damage. They later released the Lakeland resident with a bruised noodle and a damaged ego. We're going to play a game now. Game. So... Um, Andrea, you're going to be the contestant and I'm going to be the game show host and it's going to go like this. So we're going to start out with a question and you're just going to give me an answer. Do I win a prize? Yes. You get to be on next week's podcast too. Oh, sweet. Don't get fired. Question number one, Andrea Nanini, you're the next contestant on, we hope this answer's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Question number one, outside of horror movies. Do dead things eat? I'm going to go with no. So your answer is dead things do not eat. Is that correct? That's correct. You are absolutely right. Yay! All right, Andrew and the Nini. Okay. Are enzymes alive? You know? Damn, I'm going to say no. Yes, Sweet. you are correct. Oh, you are not alive. He owes me $200. So, bucks. It was $100 so, a question. Third question. <laughs> third question. If enzymes are not alive and things that are not alive do not eat things, do enzymes you add to your pool actually consume and digest anything well no exactly (laughs) that is not what enzymes do who said that it's a rumor that's going around that enzymes can actually digest things they don't Mm. now this is kind of like when people say that uh sodium bromide eats chlorine it doesn't doesn't eat eat it well what do enzymes do do you know? Do you know? Do you know? I tell I use the I use the term break down. Break down. That's Thank right. <laughs> you are on a roll. And how does it do that? Do we know the answer to this one? You're four and oh. Andrea, what do you got for us? 
Uh, well, this one I might get wrong. The enzymes act like Pac-Man, and they chomp away even though they're not alive. It's like, you know, they just chomp. So they will, even though they don't eat or digest, you may be bitten by an enzyme. Is that chomped. what you're saying? <clears throat> yes, chomped. Did you say? Oh, chomped. I, chomped. Like, like chomped. Pac-Man. Like, chomped wah, 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 is the key word. Okay, did you know that chomp? Can you do that again one more time, wah, wah, please? Wah, 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 wah. Okay, chomping is not oh, correct shit. at all. Enzymes catalyze oxidation reactions. Okay, so that tells me that it works much the same way that chlorine oxidizes contaminants out of your water. Very similar. Because it changes it to oxygen and then the oxygen just gases off. Let's say we have a molecule of sh schmutz. Okay. And in that molecule of schmutz, you have a carbon atom and that carbon atom is kind of attached to a few different things. You follow? I do. Okay. So what happens? Do we know what they're attached to or we're just it saying depends, some things? It depends on the actual, we call it a substrate. That's what the schmutz is. It's a substrate. Uh -huh. So, all right. So let's, so we have three or four different atoms attached to this carbon atom. All right. Now we add enzymes to the water and they cause this oxidation reaction to begin where we oxidize that carbon atom. And if we can actually oxidize it far enough, it converts to CO2 and then bubbles out of the pool. Oh, see, that makes a lot of sense. I am glad to learn precisely how the thing that I love works. I was just letting it be magic for a while, so this is great. So when, that's why sometimes when you'll add it, you'll see little bubbles? I see bubbles all the time, yeah. That means it's working? Yeah. So if we take the carbon away, let's just say, so the carbon's the glue that holds the family together. What happens now? Everybody's sad and the kids get two Christmases. <laughs> the carbon holds it together. The carbon goes away. The pieces go off in different directions. We're going to call those the products. Kind of like Primus. And then what, what do you think happens to those? To, to Primus? <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you, said, you said they break apart and go all their own separate ways. And I said like the band Primus. <laughs> form other bands. No, there's no band here. I'm just telling you. We have a substrate. The enzymes we put in caused an oxidation reaction to begin, oxidize the carbon. The carbon turns to CO2. The CO2 gassed off and went away. Now we are left with these pieces, and those pieces are called products. Oh, products. Products, yes. See, that's where I was confused. Okay. You said products. Um. So what happens to these products? Now they get eaten by bacteria. Oh, uh -huh. that sounds gross. There's good bacteria in the pool. Kind of like in your gut, huh? Kind of like in your gut. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But that's when it gets digested. So the enzymes don't consume, they don't digest. And the important thing to understand is with these enzymes, they can actually be set up so they target specific substrates in the water. Wait, what do you mean? If you picture a lock. Only one key can fit into that lock, right? Mm -hmm. So with enzymes, they kind of have this reaction area where the specific substrate will fit, okay. but nothing else fits. Hmm. So you can actually target specific substrates. That's cool. Depending on what's in that specific concoction. So what do you have to like look for different ingredients or different brands or different, different types within that brand or? <laughs>
different enzymes target different things, or better yet, they don't target different things, but different substrates fit into specific types of enzymes. So there's not one enzyme that's a kill-all, or it's not a kill-all even. It's not a one enzyme that reacts with all the different types of substrates. Mm -hmm. You have to have different types because each enzyme has grooves almost like it has grooves in it, right? And then the substrate has almost like it has the notches and they fit together. If they don't fit together, it won't work. Okay. So they like fit together like a puzzle piece and then the enzyme. And then that's when the enzyme starts to catalyze that oxidation reaction once they connect. And then the enzyme just kind of what changes the substrate into something that can be oxidized and then it just oxidizes kind of. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's what it's what causes the change to occur. Gotcha. So it begins that oxidation. It's it's what pushes it over the edge. Correct. So they call that a lock and key. This guy named Emil Fisher, he came up with this and he's he was the first one to say, Hey, you know what? Specific enzymes target specific substrates. There's not one that hits all of them. So you have to make sure you either have a bunch of different types or you can actually narrow it down and just go after one kind of schmutz. So are there different ingredients that you look for or are there is it different products that do different things? I don't know of any product in the pool industry that targets a specific thing. Well, that's why I was confused. So I I'm going to say that in order for these to work, and I don't know the ingredients because there's a lot of proprietary stuff going on out there mm -hmm. as far as which enzymes are in which, right? And I don't know which enzymes also include bacteria because that's also a thing where not only are you adding enzymes, you're also adding bacteria to that pool water. But I don't know which have which. But I do know that I've never seen any saying that they target just one thing. So my assumption is, is that they're doing the right thing and they have multiple types of enzymes in that solution. So they're releasing a whole bunch of different types to target every possible type of substrate or we said schmutz that you mm -hmm. can see in that pool. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that, like I said, because I've just only ever used one product for Literally every reason. Like I use enzymes when I do phosphate treatments. It helps clear it up faster. Um, I do. I use it for scum lines, for the black scum line that you get on the tile. I'd use it for pollen. I use it for the shiny film that all the old people leave in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a pump sprayer and spray it right on the tiles and get a, a tile brush and all that crap comes right off. I don't use like scum line cleaner. I just use straight enzymes. Most likely the product that you're using has multiple types of enzymes in it. So it targets multiple types of schmutz. I like it. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. So I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had lots of nice turkey. It wasn't dry and nice mashed potatoes and gravy. Those are my two favorite things. I'd like to echo Andrea's sentiments there. And of course, happy Thanksgiving to everybody and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Looking forward to 2022 with you guys coming up in a few short weeks. And in the meantime, if you like the show, leave a review, give us some stars, tell a friend, share. Next week, we're going to dive into the enzymes a little bit deeper. But for now, go make yourself a leftover turkey sandwich. 
enjoy the time with your families. Thank you for listening. And like I said, happy holidays and hope everybody has a great one. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 